What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Geek Scott Game, the Geekiverse's all video game podcast. Uh, we are back here for another episode. Uh, we have State of Play and uh, an inside Xbox, which is still going on. So uh, we cut out early from that. But anyway, I'm Josiah Leroy. With me today, my co-host, as always, Mr. Jeff Pavlak. What's up, Jeff? Good to be back. Also, a very special guest, uh, one of my, my great longtime friends, known him forever, uh, home on a little bit of a break right now, uh, currently member of the U.S. Navy, uh, Mr. Adam Bartle. Adam, welcome to your first Geekiverse Anything. Thanks for having me, guys. Except for the, the one article you kind of wrote. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> Confessions of a Nerdy Sailor yeah. article from uh, 2016. It gets, it gets views every once in a while still. It, it, it cycles up. <laughs> but yeah, we're, uh, we're excited to have Adam here uh, kind of just to hang out on the show today, provide some insight where possible. But Adam, what? Give us a quick rundown. Like, what what's your life look like on when you're at work? When you're you're serving, uh, what's your game time look like, if anything? Game time is spotty. You take what you get when you can find it. It's um, sounds like my life, right? <laughs> so uh, I spent time on an aircraft carrier, and I did a seven month deployment. Handheld video games were were key were king. If you had the uh, Switch, if you had... I saw people with the old gray brick Game Boys on the mess <laughs> playing this, that, and the other thing that they can find. Um, IP services, finding any sort of internet on the ship was non-existent. So sure. as I can, I can say firsthand, when you buy a game for an Xbox thinking you can play it in your spare time to find out that you do need internet access for the day one patch... You watch $60 go down the drain for several months. That sucks. Yeah, well, thanks, Doom. Appreciate it. <laughs> Did Doom need a day one patch? Yep. Oh, man. I love that game. I talk about it all the time. Yeah, it was, it was fun. But uh, for us, video games, video games were the best source of relaxation you can find. Um, retro games had their say. I spent many nights sitting in laundry with several friends from my division playing an N64 emulator on her laptop. So we played racing around some racing around the world game, and I got my butt handed to me with every load of laundry. Be- it was awful. Was it Beetle Adventure Racing? Uh, <laughs> she had that game. Or no, maybe Cruising, one of the Cruising games. Yes, that's probably that's Cruising USA was. or Cruising World, that's something it, like that. Cruising yeah. the World, that's what it was. <laughs> but um, there were people that brought full TVs and hid them in undisclosed places all throughout the ship and would hook up an Xbox, a PlayStation, and play whatever games didn't need internet services to play. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's funny. It kind of sounds a little bit like, you know, growing up, but also not being in the, in the services in terms of finding game time balancing. Obviously, you've got a higher calling there with, you know, being in the armed services, but it's, it's always interesting to me to hear how you kind of find time for that. And then, you know, movies, I, movies on ship sometimes as well, yes? I, uh... I'm going to sit here and take a little bit of heat from you guys. I got, as a military member at sea, I get to see the movies oh, usually about a week after they release. There's a military-only edition that can only be played on military ships that I can see them. I cannot count the amount of times I saw Wonder Woman the week it came out on the ship because we played it on loop on our ship's, um, ship's movie channel. We had three of them going 24-7 and 
Oh my god! I thank God I like the movie the first twenty or thirty times. <laughs> I'm, I'm at wit's end with Wonder Woman right now. Well, you, if you've seen it twenty or thirty times, you know. Well, in between in between jobs, when you can actually have time to look at the TV in the background to go, huh? Is she on fire? Nope. She's deflecting all the flames again. Yeah. No. It's and <laughs> well, it's good that you've got those opportunities still because it's yeah. not something you think about. And it's nice to uh, when when you're on shore, you get that appreciation. Um, Every movie theater within like three miles of a military base, when it says this movie's coming out on Friday, yeah, want to put money that I'm watching it Thursday afternoon at 10 o'clock in the morning if I'm not working. I saw Black Panther that way. That was amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no and, doubt about it. Yeah. Black Panther, Wonder Woman, those are both very, uh, very popular movies within the Geekiverse and in the world, honestly. But yeah. I'm just saying. Good times. Uh, particularly with our group. So on, on today's episode, we've got a little bit of news to get to. Uh, we I've got uh, Force Friday coming up for Star Wars. Uh, we've got a Batman game teaser, it appears, and then the PlayStation State of Play and some uh, some news from Inside Xbox. Full disclaimer: Inside Xbox is still happening right now as we record. So if uh, any uh, kind of bombshells are dropped, we we may have to just address them afterwards. But we got uh, kind of the big news that we're all hoping for from uh, PlayStation. First of all, as we start off every show, before we get to that, we want to just talk about what's in your system. Uh, so, Jeff, what have you been playing lately? What's in your Switch? I still got Astral Chain, actually. Mm. Um, story mode turned out to be meatier than I was expecting. It took me about 18 hours to finish. Um, that's longer than most Platinum Games action games, like your Vanquishes, your Bayonettas. I think Bayonetta 2 only took me like 10 hours or something like that. But oh, really? Astral Chain was pretty long. Like Each chapter would probably take me about an hour and a half to two hours to finish completely. Um, and that was even with skipping some of the collectibles and like little side jobs and things like that. Um, but once you beat the story, then you unlock a series of challenge battles. And I went into it thinking there'll be like, oh, 10, 15, something like that. Turns out there's uh, 70 in total. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, so I'm only halfway through those. And most of them aren't too long, maybe five, 10 minutes. Um, but they're significantly harder than just about all of the missions in the story mode. So yeah, I didn't get very many, if any, game overs playing the story. But on these challenge battles, I'm getting quite a few of those. So they'll they'll take you a lot longer. And I'm really, really thankful for these because... Astral Chain is so involved and there's such a steep learning curve that I didn't really like understand the game mechanics in full until I was well over halfway through the story mode. Um, but now, a lot. yeah, it, well, it, I mean, wh when you play the game, you, you realize every single fight you'll have, even against a minor enemy, you're probably hitting every single button on the Switch controller, whether it be the Joy-Cons or the Pro Controller, multiple times per battle. Every single button has a use in there. It, it, it takes a while to figure out these game mechanics. Like uh, I said in our last episode, there's really no action game like this. The combat mechanics um, are some of the most creative I've ever seen in an action game. But it, they're very involved. They're very complex. So it, it's going to take you a while to figure them out. And like I said, I, I got halfway through the story mode in Natural Chain. I was still figuring out new tricks and new techniques. Um, it's cool now that I can apply that to these challenge battles because now I feel like I have a better grasp on it. I feel like I'm using them more efficiently. Whereas in the story mode, I spent over half the game just kind of, you know, dawdling through it, hoping for the best, you know, hoping this you know, power up or this uh, special attack works rather than really mastering them, really knowing what I was doing. Did you well, find it more of an accomplishment uh, figuring out things as it went oh, or yeah. was it frustrating? Well, it was both. 
Okay. Um, because there were times where, like, like I said, there's basically every single button is used on the controller where I would hit another button by mistake, just, you know, whether it's by, you know, I, I can't think fast enough or I just have muscle memory for another game. It is kind of ironic that that would happen because I play so many fighting games and those are ones you just, you don't, you have no time to think you have to react on the fly in those. Oh yeah. Um, but I think a lot of with astral chain is that there's that second character that you control your legion. You're basically controlling two characters at once. You're usually fighting multiple enemies at once. So the entire screen is just filled with flashes of light, um, you, know, uh, you know, special effects from the, for the battles. Uh, so it's easy to get lost in there. Um, and then some of the craziest boss battles I've ever seen. I think Astral Chain's final boss in the story is the, the boss of 2019 for me. Wow. It's probably the coolest thing I've played all year. Interesting. It's wild, just completely bonkers. She said it as a category for Geek Awards. <laughs> I would love that. I know what I, I know what I'm gonna vote for. Man. Well, mine uh, mine might be Thanos just after having to play Marvel Ultimate Alliance, but uh, you know, hearing that is, is kind of funny too. Um so Bayonetta two, you said ten hours? Yeah, Bayonetta two only took me like ten or twelve hours. What for am the I story. waiting for then? Oh my gosh. Yeah, it, for some it, reason it, it, I had the understanding it was a, a longer game. Well, it's very hard. Um, sure. So, so if maybe, you, if you're going to get a lot yeah. of game over, it's going to take you a little bit longer. But I mean, sure. it, like I said, I I it wasn't too too long for me. And then I, there's like a multiplayer mode. There's challenge battles after that, but not like seventy like Astral Chains. I was astounded when I realized how many you know little extra side missions they crammed in there. Oh yeah, that's uh, that's no small chunk of change. No, not <laughs> at all. I mean, honestly, once if I, I would like to go through and complete all seventy of these, I think I'll have spent almost as much time on those as I did the entire main story. Then, yeah, that's a lot of time. <laughs> I'm only about halfway through it, if not less than that. Um, so Astro Chain. Anything else? Yeah, Link's Awakening, the remake. <laughs> oh, right, right. I've started that. I'm well over halfway through that already. Uh, good return to what I consider the best 2D Legend of Zelda. This came out four days ago, yes? Yeah, it came out on Friday. Jeez. It's, well, well, keep in mind, I mean, the game was first made in 1993, so even Zelda games weren't as long back then oh, as sure. like your Breath of the Wild, for example. You could, you could plow through this, you know, start to finish in a single, you know, in a single day if you were really dedicated enough, and especially if you know the game. Um, which a lot of people who are playing it, they have fond memories playing it from the early 90s or the late 90s when they had the colorized version for Game Boy Color. Um, it's so amazing, though, how many people I hear saying that this is only their second Zelda game ever because well, Breath, of the Wild, Breath of the Wild was what they got introduced to Legend yeah. of Zelda with. Um, and also how many people this game is older than. I mean, oh the original gosh, game came yeah. out in 1993. I've had multiple people say, yeah, I wasn't even alive, and that blows my mind. With the Switch being the first Nintendo generation for a lot of, sure. a lot of gamers. Not, a lot. Not most gamers, but a lot. You know, that's that makes sense. Yeah. And then with the Breath of the Wild sequel, like, it, it's just a, it's a good time to jump in. It's a good Zelda to play, too, because... Breath of the Wild really broke so many conventions for Legend of Zelda, whereas Link's Awakening is more the traditional structure and design that a lot of Zelda fans and just a lot of gamers are more familiar with the series with. Yeah, you know, your multiple dungeons, the little quests in between the dungeons, collecting a certain number of items. It's the puzzle solving um, where, where it's more solution-based, whereas Breath of the Wilds was more goal-based. We, we discussed that before mm-hmm. on multiple episodes, how the physics worked in Breath of the Wild, how there's multiple triggers per puzzle. Um, 
you know, you don't really have items in Breath of the Wild, whereas in these older ones, you have like your hook shot, your mirror shield, your bombs, your um, your bow and arrow as a specialized item, your flippers to swim, all the all of those tropes like that from the older Zelda games. Um, anything else? No, that's that's about it for now, and that's more than enough for me at the moment. So right now, I've uh, I've got a few things going on. I still haven't finished Wolfenstein. I just haven't played it since the last time we talked. I know I'm on that final level, and I can't wait to get to it. Um, played a, 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 a decent amount of Gears 5, just uh, story-based. Um, and, man, it is awesome. It looks great. It plays phenomenally. I mean, not really a surprise here that a Gears game is, is good, really. But um, early on as the makings of my being my favorite Gears game today, I, I'm not a, a huge longtime fan of the series. I, I've played all the games. And I've enjoyed them all, but I wouldn't say like I'm a, a mega fan. Uh, but being an Xbox guy, it's a game I always want to play. It's on Game Pass. How can you not? Uh, the Terminator DLC is is just beautiful. And then we've got uh, the Dave Bautista coming up as long as you play the game online before October 28th. Uh, so that'll be really exciting. Also playing, uh, we got a review copy of, uh, so I'm pretty deep into NHL 20. Thank you, EA Sports, by the way, for, uh, for using part of our review in the marketing campaign for social media. They took a quote right from the review we wrote. Um, it's it's the second highest scoring uh, NHL game for me in terms of what I've reviewed over the years. And I started with the Xbox One and PS4 generation. So we're six titles in now, if not five. Uh, six. We're six titles in. And um, I, I think the gameplay is really, really tight. That's no surprise. Uh, some of the, the biggest adjustments, because there's not many new game modes, are things like catching the puck in stride. So like if uh, your, your passing has to be that much better now. Your, your player's UI, like he will catch that puck or he won't, but the momentum doesn't stop. Um, th- there's subtle things like that. The goalies, can they, they read your style more over the game, so they kind of almost... They, they, if you're if you're constantly shooting one timers at the net and you're not scoring for some reason, they're gonna pick up on that. Uh, maybe a breakaway move worked earlier in the game; it's not gonna work the second time. Things like that are really good. So the gameplay is is improved, and I think it really does capture the essence of the NHL, the real life NHL, where it's a fast game, it's smooth, it's young, it's never been more skilled. I think, and that's where we're at. It's physical, but in a different sense than it was five, ten, fifteen, twenty years ago. Uh, so they 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 did a really nice job with that, um, and we always used to get those NHL games. But we're yeah, talking we back did. in college, though. We used yeah. to play the EASHL, and you'd be goalie, and I would the only oh, one I ever man. know who would actually play goalie. <laughs> I, not only would I, not only would I only play goalie, I would upset usually Josiah. Occasionally, it'd be one of the other guys because uh, I found out how to lay on your side the entire time. Oh yeah, that was. BS. So I would just lay on my side across the net. And he'd try, oh, I'm just going to shoot over you. Nope. Glove hands up and caught it. And guess what? The goalie won at least one of the games. It was always advantageous if you you played EASHL Club Online if you had a goalie on your team. Hello. Because <laughs> it made the other team have a goalie. And most people don't play goalie. Yeah. Adam only played goalie. <laughs> so he was actually pretty decent at it. But when you played other teams, they were just awful at it. Bring so them down to your level. You'd That's play, how you win. <laughs> right, you'd play essentially one-on-one with four other AIs or uh, computer-controlled skaters. You'd have manual goalies. Like it was a guaranteed win see, if you and I played a game without anyone else. See, like that was a, that was a lot of the problem that a lot of people had with NHL is like you said, like not many people played goaltender. 
I only played goaltender when I played sports. I was a goaltender for lacrosse. I was a goaltender for hockey. Uh, High school championship winning lacrosse. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) But it's, it's, um, I have that mindset. I know what I'm supposed to do as I goaltend. It's just weird doing it from a third-person perspective, and that helped out a lot. And the other thing that always trips people up is I can set my own offensive lines. What line does this? What line does this? This line's burned? All right, let's swap them out real quick. Yeah, Easy exactly. Day. No, it was good. <laughs> I you, You'd probably appreciate this, so maybe you know, we'll pop in NHL 20 at some point here. And speaking of nostalgia, going back to another game we talked about earlier, I remember playing the very first Gears with Adam yeah. the, like the week it came out. Oh, wow. That was, well, we, several of us would get together and we would play We played through the campaign. I remember I, the the, uh, the what do you call it? The Berserker. What was that? That was the creature that couldn't see but followed you. Yeah. I remember the yeah, Hammer that was, Dawn. That was bad because I, I was not fo- like you guys were like just burning past me. <laughs> so I'm sitting there going Oh great! You don't have to be the fastest guy. You just can't be last. That's how you survive. Yeah, because we play uh, we play all four of us at once with the co-op. It <laughs> <Yeah>. was. <laughs> it's amazing. That's in the in gears. I feel like it's one of the. F- well, I like to do this a lot. I feel like most gamers don't, but it's a game where there's a higher propensity to play with the default weapon. Oh, okay. Uh, well, okay. shotgun. I mean, notwithstanding. Yeah. I mean, the, the Lancer is so iconic. Like, right. like that. You play gears. You gotta use the Lancer. Right. Like that's that's my opinion. But I. There's, there's, excuse me. There's no shortage of good weapons in the game, but that was always my go-to. Between the actually the four games, Judgment and now Gears Five, I would say that's now become one of like the most iconic video game weapons in the modern era. Oh, I mean, like you think be. of the Master Sword, it's, you think of the Mushroom from Mario, you think of um, the the. What I'm so, I'm so bad. Energy sword from Halo. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I was about to say beam sword, and we'll, I was like, we'll, oh, I'm gonna we'll, sound like we'll, such we'll, a Nintendo we'll, dork. We'll, we'll, I'll give you the energy sword on that one. What That's is it actually good. called? It is. It is an energy sword. You. Okay. It's a miracle you had to stand up to pull that miracle out, but <laughs> hey, you got it. <laughs> I'm no. thinking to myself, oh, I'm gonna sound so bad if I get this one wrong. I'm about to say, I'm, I'm a Nintendo fanboy. People stare at you intently <laughs> now. Yeah, Adam's uh, but, Adam's an Xbox guy. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Lancer's got to be it, yeah. one of the most recognizable weapons now for modern era, right? It, it has to be. Between the 360 generation and now, yeah. I mean, absolutely. you see that and you immediately think Gears of War. And it's not even just limited to one character now. Yes, you know, you've that's got another a, thing. Your third really protagonist in these games. Well, f- and of really course, all, if you count Judgment. I mean, all of them, yeah, because it was who bared with uh, it in yeah, that. Yeah, So it, it's... Man, I'm enjoying myself so much with that game. That's something I've I've got high on my list to get back into. They have great single player campaigns. I think Gears is, in terms of like the shooting genre, whether it's third person or first person, it's probably got the best story modes. So I understand the second and third acts, which I have not quite gotten to yet, are relatively open world. Relatively. So like there's options you can it's not linear where you, you walk along your typical gears path, which is cool. I don't mind that, you know, walking linear. I like linear games. I do. But I think it's cool that they give you a, some option there to maybe do different missions and this and that. I obviously haven't gotten that far. But uh, from what I hear, that really bulked up the campaign. And then when you get back to X4 at the end of it, you're you're back to your linear path based on, on what happened. 13 so. years for that franchise now. Yeah, the Coalition is doing some really good stuff over yeah. at, at Microsoft, uh, you know, led by Rod Ferguson there. Uh, the, the last game that I'm playing is kind of a blast from the past, but I am playing on P- PlayStation 4. Uh, I got my copy of Star Wars Bounty Hunter. So originally <laughs> a PS2 game. 
Oh, oh, I've got a funny story for this. Okay. I knew so, this was coming as soon as you said it. When I got Bounty Hunter originally, PS2, it was, uh, would have been Christmas 02, because that's when the game came out. It yep. was November, just after, hot on the heels of Attack of the Clones that summer. Uh, this was so in, a highly anticipated game. PS2, I always forget it came out for GameCube as well. But PS2, so I brought it over to Adam's house. We're playing. Um, it's in his PS2. And if you were not able to turn the power switch on in the back, you could not open the tray. So you were not getting your game out. There was a power outage on Adam Street as my mom was picking me up. So the game is stuck <laughs> I, in I there. This is, I'm pretty sure this is Christmas vacation week. I want to point out, it wasn't a power outage on my street. It was a power outage on the entire East Coast. That was the big power outage that we all lost power. Oh, but that summer. That summer. That was a I'm summer session. Sure. Oh, okay. Because uh, we because there was that that year there was there was the two big ones because the one you're talking about yeah I'm it talking was like in Christmas my time. yeah this was yep. in my PlayStation but the, but the one that Pavlox talking about was definitely summer because we were swimming that day yeah too. okay no I remember both of them now because there was recall- one during the summer yeah. and it was all across yeah the East Coast because I remember about that and then the one during the winter because we had friends from high school who were at a play I think huh. and they had to get ushered out in the middle of the performance gosh well. Anyway, we so we live in Buffalo, New York, if you don't know, here at the Geekiverse. And uh, really, this this nice short-lived power outage was just a beautiful <laughs> thing for me. So I get, we, it was a half hour, kind of sitting there going, I can't believe I'm going home and not able to play this game that I'm dying to play on my own PlayStation 2. That I didn't own and wanted to borrow yes, anyway. I did not own this game. So we played through the first two or three levels That's over great. and over. Um, and we... You have the power outage, finally give up, and I'm getting in the car with my mom. The I see the lights in Adam's house in the front window go back on, and I scream, yes! And I hear a big, no! <laughs> and I run back in, and uh, I just I help myself. I, I took it out of the PS2, and I said, see you later. <laughs> and I, I can't believe that I'm talking about Bounty Hunter on this episode, because that when I got it, it was like a blast from the past, and that's what I thought of. I, I, I heard that announcement, too, that they're bringing back all the old these old Star Wars yeah, games. Yeah, limited and all run that. games. And the first thing, like one of the first games listed, like if you went down the list, it was Bounty Hunter. And I'm sitting there going, I should text them. I really <laughs> should text them and see... <laughs> How he's I, holding up with? This. I got the pre-order in ASAP, there and they only did. Uh, they only did. I think there was eight thousand of these worldwide. So I was excited. Pretty cool. The great yeah. thing about it. So the game holds up. There's a. There's one or two little annoyances that were a sign of the times. Like um, you can't rotate the the camera very well around your character. It's third person for like 99% of the game but if you move the left thumbstick like you traditionally would in a in shooters nowadays it it it's also it's backwards so it's it's counterintuitive which what? is a joke and you can't change it it's and inver- it's not permanent you're saying it's inverted it's inverted okay <laughs> it's it's ridiculous for a camera not your weapon i understand people play inverted this so i forgot about that because that wasn't a thing the graphics actually look pretty good. This is not a remaster. This is just a port. So they, they you know... It copy was a, and paste. Copy and paste, basically. However, one thing I love, there's trophies. PlayStation 4 trophies. So you can actually... You beat a level, you get a trophy. If you get so many bounties in a level, you get a trophy. Just like you would on any PlayStation 4 game. I love that they added those. 
It's been a while since I played this game. Obviously, you haven't been able to lend it back to me. Um, yeah, it's staying here. If I rem- yeah, I, I know it's it's a, it's counted for. Um, you said uh, you said you had an issue with the camera, like because it wasn't an issue wasn't an issue back then because we didn't know any but, better. And it's and it was thir- and it was third party. If if I'm not mistaken, third or third sorry, third person. If I'm not mistaken, wasn't the camera actually far back far enough that you still had a fairly wide view? Like your guy, like your the character was was still centered like mm-hmm. it should be, but you can actually have a pretty good peripheral view of what's going on on the street or it's corridor okay. or whatever. It's okay. The thing is, you there's a really really great lock on mechanic. So when you press the R1 button, you have to hold it, but you lock onto whatever enemy that you're close to or shooting at. And then you let go and it's off. It's there's no clicking, there's no extra step. It's it's a really good lock on. Are you talking about the uh, scan for the person, like the when you find the random people in no, the crowd? No, that's different. That's different. Okay. I'd, so like, I, I'm, like I said, I'm, tr- I'm, tr- I'm doing this from memory, so you got to bear with me. I'm going to ask good. the question here. I took a bounty in for an Ugna and then for a protocol droid, which is hilarious. There was a bounty on a protocol droid because he had Republic information or something ridiculous. But anyway, uh, tomorrow Morrison voiced Django Fett. Which is freaking awesome because he did. He played him in the in episode two, um, and the story tells of how Jango Fett is kind of chosen to be the leader, the or the template for that clone army, and it leads right up to episode. Or actually, it's ten years before episode two, but it leads up to how the Republic army is created. I'm gonna ask you a question off off the uh, podcast here because I think I remember the final scene, final fight of that game. I'll ask about that later. Sounds good. But it's uh, I think I have a theory about that. I I adore it. I'm happy to play it. The next game up that I want, well, I, I actually also got a, an order in for Shadows of the Empire on N64. Awesome. <laughs> which I never played. That's uh, pretty we cool. We own an N64 because my brother-in-law gave us one a few years ago, and it's a purple case, and it comes in like a Hasbro action figure Star Wars case from 1997 that's resealable. So it kind of like flips open and you put it back in. It's awesome. (laughs) The only other game that I'm looking at on the list, uh, it's not been released yet, is Star Wars Racer Revenge. Had that on PS2. That was the sequel to the pod racing game. It had a fun story to it. So, yeah, good uh, good stuff all around here. Um, Picks of the month we're going to shift into for October since we're just about a week out here. Um... Pavlok and I are each going to give a, a pick just for what we kind of think is a sure bet or one game that we want to get our hands on. Uh, Jeff, why don't you start? Or do you want me to start? And You, you go first. Okay. So I could go either way here. I got to say, we just saw at the PlayStation uh, State of Play, Modern Warfare, uh, the, it's kind of not really a reboot, but it uh, it just, they showed the the story for the first time, kind of the story teaser. It looks it looks really good. I can't get over how good the graphics are for this game, and I know they get better every year. But uh, that you can play Spec Ops uh, early on PS4, and then you'll have all your traditional multiplayer, which I spend a lot of time in still every year. I think I'm not going to, and then I spend weekend upon weekend doing it late at night. Uh, it's it's one of my favorites. So Modern Warfare is is a, a a number one pick for me. I've got another one that I really like, but I'll let. Jeff, go. Well, uh, actually, I'm going to pass it over to Adam real quick because he's got something that's on his mind. Uh, first, uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare out uh, October 25th, so later in the month here, but uh, PS4, Xbox One. Adam. So I being with my profession, trying to play games like we've talked about in the beginning is kind of difficult. Sure. So the game I'm, not really, I'm looking forward to is not really so much a game as it is a DLC. 
I'm looking forward to the new Destiny 2 one that's coming out. It should be the first week in October. Octo- um, I want to say October 4th. The October 1st. Is this first? No, Shadow Keep, yeah. Shadow, Shadow Keep keeps off so, the very okay. first day. So it's um one it's one of the few games that I have been trying to keep up fairly religiously. And uh, sadly, to, I'm sad to say I actually converted to a PC to play this game. Oh, my gosh. It's got cross-save. I'm counting yeah. that. <laughs> it's kind <laughs> of the same. Yeah, at least you didn't lose of, everything. It's kind of the same thing. So um, well, they're, now that uh, now that Destiny is um, out of the hands of Activision, yeah. So it's uh, so it's allowed to go in a different direction. There's been rumors and talk about what they're going to do. One thing they did talk about was uh, making factions. So you're going to have light versus dark was one of the things they talked about, and they said that this game is going to introduce and lead into a potential Destiny three. Because they do big, they do big DLCs now. That's a game they yeah. Could, those are expansions, yeah, basically. In the form but, of but a new Destiny. But I'm looking forward to that one the most out of it. It's um, I've had it pre-ordered. I got the digital collector's edition because now that it's going to be on Steam, it, it's going to be rolling as it is. Yeah. So I'm that's the one I'm looking forward to now. It's uh, I'm just I want to get back in there. I want to start raiding again. And God help me, I need to get that sniper back because if I don't get Icebreaker, I'm going to be very upset. So we played the original Destiny together quite a bit, actually. Yes, we did. Um, and online, of course. I had <laughs> issues, so I lived in, in my apartment. after just this I is, remember that. This came out the fall after I got married. So we're in our apartment, and uh, with the setup for the, the internet there, and this was a common thing in college dorms for people who bought Destiny, uh, with how the the land setting or the the wireless settings were for the game, I couldn't play it, and it was all online all the time. You can't even if you're playing single player, oh, you have yeah. to be online. And there were issues with basically firewalls. So if you lived in an apartment or a college dorm, that was a big problem. So I couldn't play this game for a solid two months. When I finally could, Adam had already basically beaten it, and he was way leveled up. So. It wasn't even fair how we I got past boss fights, but it you know it worked. Do, do you know how nice it is to be better than you at one video game, one sole video game? I can say uh, I'm better I than say you. Better, but you know, <laughs> leveled up exponentially higher than me. Destiny is your bread and butter, though. It, Halo is your bread and butter. Those two games, I think, yep, probably above anything else, are, are very common for you. Uh, very common. I've grown. I've grown to. I've grown to love the open world concepts in games now. Having played or tried um, Elder Scrolls Online, World of Warcraft, and games like that, if it's open world, you assume the, assume I have an account in it now. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, well, that's a good addition. Uh, we don't usually cover a game like Destiny too much on on the show, so I'm happy you mentioned that. I mean, the DLC packs in that are more content heavy than a lot of retail games. Yeah, it, like uh, it, <laughs> it, it it costs the same as a retail game, yeah. but it's but it's like. It's it Destiny is is building the way that a video game ideally should be played until the engine until the engine is no longer able to carry the game. Keep building off a single game. I don't I need a Destiny ninety seven right. with Destiny yeah. ninety eight around the corner. I hear you. Yeah, yeah we're, no, we're I five years that. in. They said it was a, a ten year journey. So maybe that, that comes to pass with you know, if we get a, the Destiny three here in the next few years. Please. But uh <laughs> well, what's your October pick? I'm looking forward to Luigi's Mansion 3, and I think that'll be really fun with the co-op especially. I could see so you excited. and me trying that out and really yelling at each other <laughs> for an entire night. It'd be a great No, play. no, go behind the closet. No, 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 go behind the gate. <laughs> Watch I, out for that boo. <laughs> that's a day one for me. I've got it pre-ordered. I can't wait. Uh, that's my next Switch game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're, I'm excited for the co-op. We're going to take out those ghosts. <laughs> and I think, do we know if you have to play 
uh, if if you're playing co-op, if you have to play with Joy-Cons? I don't think so. I no. think we should, though. I feel like that's part of the fun. S- why, split up the Joy-Cons? Yeah. Why? <laughs> you're, you're, pl- you're playing a Nintendo <laughs> game. I still remember having the rectangles from an NES in my hand when I, I play it. I, I mean, still have a regular it. NES at home somewhere. Same here. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited for Luigi's Mansion. This is my first one uh, in the series. I, I've not played any previous, but it's just... Uh, from the moment we saw stuff at E3 this past summer, I was like, yeah, that's that's for me. They're fun games. A lot of humor in them, too. And uh, uh, Mario games especially are very underrated with their comedy writing. Nintendo has always slid in some really, really clever humor in those games. And I think it seems like, correct me if I'm wrong, they're almost getting more self-aware over time. Yeah, totally. Like no, there's, there's, some, there's a lot of meta humor in Mario games nowadays. I'm so excited. Um, all right, let's get to the news here. Like we said, we've got four action items on the list this week. I'm going to let our guest pick. Adam, what do you want to go first? PlayStation, Xbox, Star Wars, or Batman? You ask the Xbox guy what he wants to pick. Yeah, choose wisely. Yeah, we're going with Xbox on this. <laughs> so we very well, like I said earlier in the show, we could have missed a big announcement. I doubt it. Um, but we had, oddly enough, an inside Xbox scheduled for 6 o'clock Eastern time, and a state of play from Sony at 4 o'clock Eastern time. Really nothing that competed with each other here. Uh, it's just a bizarre kind of turn of events. But uh, we'll get to Sony in a minute. Inside Xbox, not a fan of how they, they kind of produced this show. There was a lot of awkward moments. Um, on-air personalities were interesting. Larry Herb's always... I always enjoy him as an Xbox guy, but the rest of the crew kind of bouncing jokes that didn't land. Anyway, there was nothing that came out of this that was super exciting to me. The big news, I think, again, notwithstanding seeing the last half hour of it, was that we got uh, a little bit of an update on Project xCloud. So if you don't know what this is, think of what Google Stadia is about to be. If you don't know what Google Stadia is, it's all cloud-based AAA gaming. So you've got your phone, You've got your tablet. You've got your computer. You can now, or soon, you'll be able to stream an Xbox game through Xbox Game Pass or the Xbox Cloud right to that device and play with your Xbox control. That has Bluetooth built in. I think that's super exciting. I would. That is almost kind of their answer to the Switch, in, in my opinion. Instead of producing a new hardware, I can set up my phone. I can set up my laptop while you know, Lauren's watching whatever, and I can play Halo right here. They announced four games are coming... Uh, to the original batch, uh, there's going to be kind of a public preview that you can sign up for right now. Yeah, you got to get in, but you've got to have Android version 6.0 or greater. So if you're on an iPhone, sorry, it's not going to cut it. But uh, four impressive games. Halo 5. I think that's awesome. I'm okay with that. Uh, Gears 5, which is even more impressive to me. Sea of Thieves, which sounds like a perfect mobile game or handheld game, and Killer Instinct. So you've kind of got four different games there. Halo and Gears, you might say, are comparable, but they really are quite different in how they, they, they run and shoot. But you've got four games that are really going to uh, test this out. Uh, I thought that was interesting. I'm, I'm interested to see how Stadia debuts. I'm interested to see how this kind of rolls out to the public. Cloud-based gaming. Uh, Probably not so much for you because internet's an issue. It's for most for most military members that are in a uh, well if they're overseas or in a mission in a mission environment. Yeah, that's not going to fly for us for the most part. But it's um but like the people that are still like stationed um shoreside like I like I'm going to be for the next three yeah. years. 
really that's going to be that's it's still going to be I'm essentially going to be a 9 to 5. But it's that's going to be awesome for me, but my buddies that are back on ships or overseas not so much. Pavlak, does this have any appeal to you as a non-Xbox gamer? Like having the ability to play on a laptop, play on your phone at all? Yeah, I I, I think there was kind of this misconception the last few years that, you know, with the rise of mobile gaming on your cell phones and whatnot, um, that handheld gaming was kind of dying that like 3ds, for example, would be the last great handheld system, um, with, um, unfortunately how the PS Vita kind of stumbled right out of the gate and just never picked itself up. There was, yeah, there was kind of this misconception that, you know, handheld gaming's dying. Um, but I think the switch proved that there is still a very, very sizable market and a want from gamers, um, of all different levels of passion and enthusiasm who want to play on the go, who don't want to, who, you know, whether they want to or, or can't simply play in their homes. So I think so the more options out there, the better. And especially for if you're an Xbox Microsoft fan, you've never really had that opportunity before this. I think playing Halo 5 multiplayer, like sitting at my laptop with my Xbox control is sure. awesome. You know, how many kids, you know, maybe I, I, I think of this just from my own experience. If you've got a couple hours in between classes in college, you're Ideal. sometimes sitting in the library for two, three hours in between your classes. That'd be a perfect opportunity to sit down and play a couple matches, maybe go through a couple missions or whatnot. After you do your homework. Sure. Like, like, but yeah, no, but no, seriously. <laughs> well, we were in two E3s ago. We're sitting in the media room and there was just a crowd of people around a switch that had just yeah. came out months prior playing Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, and it was awesome. People were laughing. It was just like a Nintendo commercial, really. Yeah. Uh, I see that happening. College seems ideal for this, like you said. Can you imagine the, you know Halo Infinite being able to play that in between classes and just a crowd of people gathering around a screen such as my HP right here? I think that's super awesome, yeah. provided it works, which it sounds like they're taking their time with. Hopefully, it coincides a little bit with uh, Scarlet coming out next next uh, holiday that'll be that'll be interesting to see how it's going to play out with scarlet yeah i can't i i but thought maybe we'd get more information on that today I, but we that's, didn't that's gonna if anything for a, for an announcement of that size that's going to be its own press conference there's <laughs> it's not going to be here's the latest version of game a here's the latest version of game a. oh and by the way project scarlet is doing blah 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 and that may be coming at x xo 19 right which is basically like their xbox's own show their own platform um we we didn't really get anything super exciting uh game called atlas coming out october 8th that adam and i had just an insufferable time trying to decipher the difference between that and sea of thieves online multiplayer crossplay p8 on on pc it is made however by the the creators of arc survival evolved which was a fun game they did mention a little bit about um the differences like they talked about actual gameplay uh, you, there's apparently there's I think they mentioned I'm not sure if they're joking or not when they mentioned yeah you get scurvy but just you know eat a couple pieces of fruit you'll be fine. It sounded like that was a thing like which, a, a meter in the game. Which uh, games like Ru- like games like Rust and um, I think Daisy I think the the initial version of, J- of Daisy talked mm-hmm. about having that as a situation. You get sick, you eat raw food or uncooked food, whatever the case may be. You get sick, get some medicine, you're good to go. Uh, we got a new look at Code Vein and also an extended look at the Outer Worlds. Uh, I know you guys are not super high on that game. Uh, John Fick from the Geekiverse is pretty high on that game. I think he had it listed as his uh, most anticipated game for the fall season here. That game is coming out October 25th as well, free uh, if you're an Xbox One Game Pass uh, person. It's also coming to PS4. 
Uh, so from the creators of the original Fallout, you can play that. Um, I like it because it kind of feels like a it, it's a mix between Bioshock, Borderlands, and We Happy Few. Very colorful, goofy, old school feel to it. Uh, we'll we'll find out. You know, I, I'm interested to see when that game debuts, but I think Game Pass is going to be a nice advocate for it. Uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint is also getting a beta. Uh, that is September 26th through the 29th, as announced by John Bernthal. So that was pretty cool, seeing him and behind the scenes a little bit. You can preload that right now. Uh, so you're ready to go right on the 26th. Uh, Game Pass, I was hoping to get some big announcements for this. Didn't really get it. Uh, Xbox Game Pass on the console is getting Jump Force, which Pavlock and I enjoyed that game. Um, Bloodstained and then Lego Worlds have just been added. And then to PC, the two big ones were Dirt Rally 2.0 and Saints Row 4. So, you know, games that have been out uh, for some time now. I was really hoping they were going to drop something that said, you can go play Sekiro right now, or you can go play... Oh, gosh, I had a game in mind earlier. But, you know, nothing that, that kind of uh, moved the needle in, in this point. So that's it kind of for what we saw from Xbox, inside Xbox today. Star Wars, Batman, or PlayStation, Jeff? Where do you want to go next? Let's go with PlayStation next. Keep keep All the right. keep the line of you know yeah one console to, or yeah one console brand to another. So inside Xbox was over an hour long. Uh, State of play twenty minutes, pre recorded kind of thing. Uh, kind of similar to how Nintendo delivers um, on their directs, and I really enjoyed it. There was some stuff in there that I just really didn't care about. But this had a really nice flow to it. You knew what was coming at the very end. I like the pre. I honestly, I think I've grown to like the pre-recorded segments more than the live stuff with Nintendo or with Sony because there's no dead space whatsoever. They it's just, so they, 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 yep, they just, they flow. Yeah. There's no, I, there's no awkward pauses. There's no lulls. They're just, there's a seamlessness to them that they just, they, they just flow very, very well. So we got um, really a good bit of news. All of it kind of trounced by what was the, the finale here. But before we get to that news, uh, Death Stranding is getting a special edition PS4 Pro bundle. That game comes out November 8th. Uh, so the, the PS4 is white. and It's got uh, kind of like the, the two... It uh, looks like uh, basically like black handprints, almost like blood dripping, but black, which if you've seen the Death Stranding trailers, you'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, the controller is yellow. Uh, which I thought was pretty cool. It's like this see-through yellow, which again coincides with some of the themes for Death Stranding. Um, I'm really excited for that game. I don't know what direction we're going with it, but the more Kojima's talked about it, the more he's talked about how it's a cinematic experience and how it's almost going to be like a new genre itself. I'm really into that. I loved games like Heavy Rain, Beyond Two Souls, uh, Detroit, I thought all of those were really nice because I like the story aspect of games. This looks like that mixed in with gameplay. Kojima's a legend too. I still think it looks more like a movie than a video game. I think a and lot that, of people and do I say have, that. And that's why I'm a little reluctant about this. I think Kojima is a mastermind. I think he is an artistic genius. I do sometimes wonder if he should maybe step out of the video game sphere and just go straight into, into a narrative medium at this point. But I, we'll I, see. I could be wrong. Maybe the gameplay is just as compelling as, you know, say a Metal Gear Solid like he's worked on in sure. the past. I, I don't, I'm reserved on that. I don't know what to expect from gameplay. It looks a little bit generic, but everything they've showed us has really emphasized 
the cinematics of it I, with good reason gotta look it up too i think this is his first non-metal gear solid game in like two or three decades too it's been a while because he was the director of metal gear solid for all those years starting back in 1998 when the or sorry um oh wow he actually sorry he did even more he did um the original metal gear 2 from like 1987 1990 i mean he had snatcher and police knots in between some of those oh but well he was a designer on bulk tie i forgot about that and a director for let me see real quick oh pt there's but that wasn't i mean that wasn't quite the same as you know a full game or anything like that but it was going to be yes i man i never got to play that so in terms of directing this is his first his first non-metal gear game I really am since 1994 intrigued. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a day one for me. I'd like to see some reviews beforehand, but I don't know. Uh, I'm going to roll the dice on that one. I think uh, the October PlayStation plus games have been revealed. Uh, so MLB 19, the show and of course the last of us remastered. That's a game that I'm going to have to circle back around to. Uh, we got a, a nice story reveal for call of duty, modern warfare. As I mentioned earlier, Uh, Go check that out. You'll recognize some of the characters from Call of Duty past, of course, specifically the Modern Warfare franchise. And uh, the big news, of course, being The Last of Us Part 2. We've got our release date. Uh, It had been rumored to be in this window somewhere. I think it's earlier than I thought. February 20th. uh, Excuse me, February 21st, 2020. So we are just a few short months away from being able to get our hands on The Last of Us. So in a few months, we're going to get The Last of Us Part 2. We're going to get Cyberpunk, and we're going to get the Avengers video game. That's going to be a hell of a spring again. Have fun balancing all those games. Yeah, absolutely. We got an extended look here at more uh, of The Last of Us, both cinematic and gameplay, and of course, uh, kind of the reveal of Joel, uh, which is just uh, super exciting. And then as I was watching this, I was thinking to myself, I can't believe that the original came out in 2013. Like, it's been a long time. Well, that was almost seven years between releases. That was tail end of the PS3 era. And Mm -hmm. this is, we all expect tail end of the PS4 era. So these, you know, the Last of Us games seem, they come out at a time where we've maximized the hardware of of the PlayStation. So this is going to look about as good as a PlayStation 4 game humanly can. It looks unbelievable. Like like the developers have completely figured out the hardware by now. They are going to capitalize on every ounce of power and energy in in that system. Naughty Dog's been working on this for a while. That too. So would you say they're kind of going out with a bang at this? Oh, for sure. This is... Like this because like... Without having a PS4, I know that that The Last of Us is a big thing, but yeah. I never realized it was on the tail end of each yep. generation. That's it looks like they're they're closing strong. Also it's interesting. Also, then too, the most people you know possible own a PlayStation Four at this point exactly. now. Exactly. You know, whereas earlier in the generation there would have been you know a smaller installed base. Now it's about as large as it's going to get. Um, so and the PS4 is sold so well at this point. The PS4 so audience, the potential audience for this game is enormous. Sony's game were just worldwide studios have been unbelievable and I applaud them for how they've spaced out these first party releases. Like you've had a chance to play everything. They look above and beyond better than other games out there on the market for the most part. So we got God of War. We got Spider-Man. 
We got Detroit, which was probably a little bit less acclaimed than the other games. Um, we're getting, obviously, The Last of Us uh, within a few months here. And then, of course, Death Stranding in a month and a half. It's just, it's been awesome. We got Uncharted 4 earlier in the generation, as well as an Uncharted kind of offshoot with Lost Legacy. Not to mention they they spearheaded bringing Crash Bandicoot back with the Insane Trilogy before it headed to other consoles. So um, Sony has kind of been the king for first-party games uh, for the most part here in this generation, and there's no better way to cap it off than with The Last of Us Part Two. Uh, that was it from Sony's state of play. Star Wars or Batman, fellas? I'll let you take the reins on it. I just, I just want to see what you pick. Let's go with Batman. And I I'll, knew he was oh, okay, fine. Yeah, and then that's with fine. Star Wars. <laughs> so uh, we've got kind of a cryptic message uh, on social media from uh, WB Montreal, who developed uh, Batman Arkham Origins, which was the one game that really wasn't a part of the Arkhamverse, if you will. It, uh, it is all connected, but it was the one game not developed by Rocksteady. Again, Rocksteady, what are you working on? Give us something here. It's weird that UB Montreal is telling us now, or is seemingly about to tell us that they're working on a Batman game. Uh, when in, that would have been such a nice holdover to whatever Rocksteady's working on, which I assume is not a Batman game. Yeah, the, I think uh, if there's anything that's truly great about this, it, this kind of gives us some hint now at what Rocksteady it is doing. Because it's probably not Batman. Is, like, right, that it to me is that the biggest. That, like that's to me the biggest news bit of this announcement, if you'll call it that. So there are images on Instagram <laughs> and Twitter from WB Game Montreal's uh, accounts, and they showed different logos. Uh, one teaser had text that said "Capture the Night" with a K. Uh, so a lot of speculation here that this is a Court of Owls game. That seems, again, right up their alley with what they did with Arkham Origins. Kind of a big ensemble, even though it was focused on one hero. I I'm do, into it. I do wonder if they're trying to capitalize on like, like the movie The Batman, the one coming out by Matt Reeves, is in the headlines a lot lately because we just had um, our Batman cast. Um, we, there's rumors that Jonah Hill is going to be in the movie now. There's rumors that Jeffrey Wright is going to be Commissioner Gordon. So, like, the news for that movie is starting to come out now. I wonder if this is to kind of capitalize on the fact that people are seeing Batman in the headlines lately. And it was his 80th uh, anniversary. Yes. Yeah. Right? So, uh, so he's in the news a lot lately. I wonder if this is just, you know, taking advantage of the fact that people are seeing the Batman name a lot lately. Uh, additionally, Scott Snyder, uh, who's the author of, uh, according to IGN, such modern Batman arcs as The Court of Owls, City of Owls, Death in the Family, and many others, uh, tweeted out, hashtag, well, he said, wait for it, hashtag, beware the Court of Owls, while citing the WB Games Montreal image. Interesting. Uh, I think we're, we're probably going to get, uh, I feel like this is an announcement. See, I thought hopefully it was coming for Xbox or PlayStation, who both had conferences today, but didn't talk about this. Uh, we're, uh, it feels like maybe a, a Game Awards announcement. That'd be cool. Which has, has really yeah. produced some high-level announcements in the last few years. It's become a little bit of a destination. So hope, hopefully that's going to happen. Everyone knows that I'm excited about a possible Batman slash Arkham game. Love it. Uh, last thing on the news item. This week, we are getting Star Wars Triple Force Friday reveal. Uh, so the Star Wars YouTube account put this out <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> There's going to be... Uh, this is traditionally where they unveil all the, the toys that are going to be coming out for the new movie. 
uh, for Star Wars. However, we've got not only Star Wars Episode Nine: Rise of Skywalker, we've got the video game Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, and we've also got The Mandalorian, all coming out uh, really within a month's time frame, a little bit over a month. It's a really good time to be a Star Wars fan. I've got Disney Plus pre-ordered. I'm ready to go. Uh, Lucky. <laughs> so they showed in the teaser Daisy Ridley, <clears throat> John Boyega, Pedro Pascal, uh, among others, and kind of looking at what the toys were and being shocked and excited all at once. So I'm really excited to see that. Um, if you guys could pick one, this is probably not fair. Episode 9, <clears throat> Jedi Fallen Order, or Mandalorian, which one would you have right now first and have access to? So the movie, the game, the TV show. You'll get access to all of them, but if you could have one right now, which one would it be? I'm going to say episode nine because I am absolutely fascinated with how they close out this trilogy and what, if any, course correction they do from The Last Jedi. I have no idea. Like, how do they react to the polarizing reception that that got? Right. Do they ignore and they just say, we're going to do our own thing, or do they actually try and appease the crowd that were displeased with that movie? I'm super, super interested. And, you know, it's, you know, how, how do they handle Leia? You know, I, I don't want to speak flippantly about a, a terrible situation that happened with Carrie Fisher, but... But the how, character. How do you, yeah, how do you handle that as a writer? You know, as a writer myself, I have no idea how I would, how I would write that character then. How much if extra I was in footage situation. could you have possibly had yeah, for like, Force Awakens? I, I'm super interested to see how this finished product turns out given the just unbelievable circumstances that have gone on in the Star Wars uh, franchise the last year or so. It's been a crazy few years. It's funny with Last Jedi too. You know, so, so many people are so loud about it, but it, it ranked so high from a critical standpoint. It's top four in the franchise of the ten movies. So it's really funny to see that that you know, I guess kind of almost the vocal minority that was so loud that hated it, really, really hated it. Right? They're just louder, maybe. That's. But it, you know, on the flip side, it, it's it's funny that that is the movie. I think above any Star Wars movie, if you mention it, it's almost like politics. You don't bring it up, <laughs> right? Like you can talk about Force Awakens. You had it, people ride on it for being a new hope. You can talk about the prequels and what you think of Jar Jar Binks and how garbage you may think the CG was. The prequels exist up, now. But don't bring up The Last Jedi. That's the one where like people will get into a fight over. It's really it's fun to see, really. But Adam, same question. Are, are you in the same boat? At, which one? I'm going to politely disagree with Pavlok. Um, I'm, not, I'm not rushing the end. This is the end of a story that I grew up with that was well before my time and that this is ending the characters that we know and love and that have been around for almost 50 years. I'm a little sad but, to see. But at yeah. the same time, I'm not ready to leave that universe. I'm going to say that I'm more excited. I want to turn on the TV right now and watch The Mandalorian. Oh man, that tra- that trailer! I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I'm stupidly pumped I, for that I, show I, I, too. B- before do. before before the hate messages roll in, and I'm never allowed on a podcast again. That, that's I'm, a perfectly I mean, fair. There's you know, a number of that's reasons a fair why it happened anyway. That's a <laughs> fair pick, man. Yeah, I'm behaving. It's <laughs> um, but I'm not. I'm ready to see Star Wars without the Jedi. Yes. I'm ready. Yes. To, well, I, I don't know if that's ever going to happen, but well, you may see it without well, the I'm, Skywalkers, I'm, quote unquote. I'm, yeah, I'm I'm ready to I'm ready to see. How the galaxy can change with the with uh, with the Mandalor- with Mandalorian in here. Now, are they going to be the ragtag group? Are they going to be straight up bounty hunters? I'm ready to see what they're going to do. If they're going to be evading what could put- potentially be the next generation of 
non Skywalker Jedi, or is this going to be, you know, they're running their own game? It's going to be something that's on the lines of the Solo movie. Like a lot of people hated all on the Solo movie. Oh, the acting was bad. The story was weird, and the only lightsaber you saw was the one at the end. And I'm like, but it get, but it showed that there is a galaxy out there. It's not just the the rebellion, the the what's left of the rebellion going out there, causing a scene, making a wave, occasionally winning a battle and blowing up a major space station. Which there's a rumor which, for another one of these in in Rise yes, of Skywalker, which I'm will aware. just pe- put people off. Off <laughs> the rockers. Through, throughout the endless number of Star Wars spinoffs and side stories there have been over the decades, in my opinion, some of the most compelling stories have been the ones without the Force or without the Jedi. I like well, Star Wars when it focuses so, on the military aspect of that universe. I think you're Rogue, like the Mandalorian. Right. Yeah. That's why I'm pumped for it. Like, look at Rogue One. Yes. I love Rogue, Rogue One. That's, Rogue One was a breath of fresh air. I mean, again, I'm not anti-Jedi, Sith, but... I'm looking at this like there's more than these 20 core characters in the galaxy. Let's look at a couple other stories that's going on. I don't need to know every Twilight. Was it Twilight? Because I pronounced that correctly. Mm-hmm. I don't need to know every farm that they're on. I don't need to know every story. I'm, I'm fine with it, too. And I know a lot of people are ready to kind of move on from Skywalkers. I, I'm fine with it as long as it's good content. You know, I, that's, that's basically my, my rule of thumb for Star Wars. If it's good content... I'm there. If it's a good story, I'm if, there. If they interweave whoever, if anyone survives at the end, mm-hmm. that's fine. If that's fine by me, but like at the same time, I don't need to. Like I can, I can rest easy knowing that the Skywalker story was, is at its conclusion. I also predict within ten years of Episode Nine's release, we get at least an announcement of a. 10, 11, 12 trilogy, even though they say they're not going to. They, there, there have been rumors about that because that Ryan, Ryan uh, um, from the second, the director of The, of the Last Jedi. Ryan I, Johnson. I, thank mm-hmm. you. I wanted to say it was Johnson. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, there was rumors that he had a trilogy and then it got taken away. He does well, have one, but it's not then, that. And then, then, uh, then the Game of Thrones guys have a trilogy. They're probably on deck. They're on, yeah. It sounds Knights of the Old Republic era, which... Fine. Would be more Jedi and I know the way. it's more Jedi, but this is but there. But at this point, I can justify the more Jedi because at this point they're supposed to be popular. More lightsabers would be really kick ass, seeing as how few we've seen since Disney's taken over. But all right, so you're with Mandalorian. Oh yeah, uh, I agree with Pavlok only for the reason of like if I knew that that movie was available, I'd have to see it. That notwithstanding, I might be most excited for the video game, uh, which gives us a nice little... Well, I want to clarify for Adam here because he didn't quite seem to get what I was saying. I'm more excited for Mandalorian in the sense that I think it's going to be better or than Episode Nine. I just want to see Episode Nine right away because I'm so curious as to what it's going to be. Yeah, I'm, understood. I'm, 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 I'm not knocking. I'm not knocking <laughs> you for your choice. It's just I'm saying like I know the end I is can, near. I'm not rushing the end. Can, is, is is how I'm looking I, at I, it. I, I gotta know how I, they do this. I'm a, how do they wrap this up? It's interesting. Obviously, we got the trailer or the teaser a few weeks back. But at, at D23, but like there's not a lot of talk going into this this season, right? Like tickets are on sale probably in about a month. What are we talking for about? For Star Wars episode. Oh, like I think people are. Force afraid. Awakens and Last Jedi were. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe they're, it's cautious they're, optimism. They're, they're afraid at this point. I mean, 
I like this is like, it from from a from a from a bystander's perspective. Like I I love Star Wars. I grew up with it. I've got two guys at this table that will kill me if I go backwards on it. But at the same time, <laughs> I didn't think the Last Jedi was like was like burn the village down bad. No, it wasn't. And a lot no, of people and, and a lot of people were like, I want my money back because that was a waste of two plus hours of my life. That response like I saw, will always I saw, fascinate me. I saw me. a lot of that like where I'm at my station. I saw a lot of that. Like a lot of people were like, I expected better. Well, and I think they're just like, if you're a Star Wars fan, The Last Jedi, I think, gave enough fodder to the masses to say, I'm a Star Wars fan. Oh, really? How'd you like the last one? Well, probably like, if, if you recall, even with, when we saw it opening night, my reaction was not so giddy either. I well, turned you and all I said, said, what do they do now? What are they going to do with Leia? They didn't take the chance to kind of kill her off. Like, where are they going with this movie? You also had something else on your mind that night. Uh, yeah, that's very true. <laughs> it's the same day I found out is you know going to have a baby, but <laughs> but no, I, were I know distracted. We, and you and I My said this was tepid. You and I said this on the drive back home from the movie. We said that felt like the first movie in a trilogy, not a second, because they set up so many plot points and so many loose ends that we said, how are they going to possibly tie this up in just one yeah, more movie? It moved stuff along, in my opinion, but not to the point that... And maybe... So here's an article concept I've been kind of working on. It's going to happen before the movie releases, but I'm going to try to get to a place where people may have been after Empire, before Return of the Jedi. And I saw this on Twitter the other day. Someone actually, it, I've been thinking about this for months, but someone this week posted a picture of Return of the Jedi's debut poster. So the first poster that came out for this movie back in, it would have been... 83, right? Yeah. I don't know if the poster was 82 or not. Okay. But anyway... Well, wait, was it Revenge of the Jedi or Return of the Jedi? Because that would tell you, that would narrow down the date for you then. Oh, good question. I think it was, uh, I think it was Revenge. Okay, so yeah, that was probably 82 then, because it wasn't until shortly before they released it that they changed it, wasn't it? Actually, I took a screenshot of it. Let me take a look real quick, because this is something that I want to write about. It is... Because I know... Oh, there's no title on it, actually. I'm sorry. I thought there was. It's this one. I say that may may have helped you narrow down the date, depending on the title. They said... So it it was early 1983. Uh, There's a picture of Vader in the background. A half-built Death Star, which we know. There's a picture of Luke with a lightsaber that is kind of light blue, uh, which really ends up being his green one. Han Solo's there, ready to go. Leia's in the, uh, the bikini. Jabba the Hutt's there. And then Lando and Wicked are there. So I guess they said, see this poster. You just saw Empire a few years ago. You have a lot of questions, and there's one to go in the trilogy. What questions do you have on this poster now? And just start listing them off. I thought that was really interesting. Because we do this with every new movie, and I do it a lot with every new Star Wars movie, and I write about it, and I analyze it, and I theorize. So what questions do you have on when we broke that Episode Nine reveal poster, or the, the merchandise poster? We had questions there, too. So I think that's a really fascinating concept. We didn't know the Skywalkers were, like Luke and Leia, were going to be brother and sister. We, we had no clue. Of, well, I guess we kind of had a clue looking back on it, but how was Luke and Vader going to resolve? We really didn't see the Emperor yet, just a little bit in hologram. Was Han going to be kind of saved from Carbonite? Um, And really, a lot happens in Return of the Jedi in a little time. So I wonder if we see a little bit of that rhyming, if you will. I know we got off on a tangent here on Star Wars stuff, but uh, we usually do at some point. Yeah. 
So I, I uh, getting back to Jedi Fallen Order, huge Cameron Monaghan fan, cannot wait to play that, and it seems like a a, a distant spiritual successor to the the Jedi Outcast games, which I've been really enjoying. And the one just came out for Nintendo Switch, by the way, which is super exciting. That was a mm-hmm. uh, was that an Xbox? I think it was an Xbox exclusive when it came out. I think when it first released, yeah, because I remember that being advertised quite a bit with the Xbox when it came out. So awesome going back and just they're kind of we're, we're celebrating these old school Star Wars games now. So I'd like some new ones, though. That, that would be a, a lot better. We're going to wrap up today's show. Uh, get in the conversation with us. Go to Facebook.com slash The Geekiverse. Uh, let's talk about video games. Let's talk about anything pop culture, anything that's on your mind. Drop a line there. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we're going to go around the room real quick. I'll start with Jeff. Uh, where can people find you on social media and what can you plug for the Geekiverse? You can find me on Twitter at Jeffrey Povs and on Instagram, Jeff Pavlock. I had a piece that came out a couple weeks ago. It was um, more of a question than a, a deep dive article. I, I, I posed the question, could Joker be the first R-rated movie to gross $1 billion at the box office? Never been done before. Highest we've ever seen R-rated movie gross was $785 million. That was Deadpool 2. Um, with all the hype around Joker coming up um, between the Oscar talk, the fan response that it's gotten, both the controversy and praise that the movie has received in the headlines, I'm really curious to see if if and how this is the first movie to really break that glass ceiling for R-rated films at the box office. Personally, I don't think it will. I think that's a threshold that's just way too high for that type of movie, but I'm really curious to see what kind of money this makes given the talk and the hype around it. Critical acclaim is high uh, for this right now. So I'm very intrigued to see that. Um, Deadpool 2, Adam and I actually just watched (laughs) last night. Um, So it's funny that you mentioned that. Anything else uh, to plug? Uh, I mean, check out my review maybe for Joker. Am I reviewing that? If you, I, I was, I figured you were the guy. For I, was, it. I, I, I thought I was too, but I wasn't sure if you wanted it. But no, that the, people, this was spur of the moment. Josiah and I had never talked about this beforehand, so this, um, this trepidation and reluctance you're hearing in my voice right now, that's entirely genuine. <laughs> we, did, we genuinely did not know who was revealing them all the time. Yeah. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, this is how decisions are made. <laughs> this is the the high table, if you will, of the Geekiverse. Yeah, I'm so up. sincerely incredulous right now because I we did not decide. Who who was reviewing that movie until just now? Well, it's either you, me, or Pete. So, <laughs> um, the yeah. Speaking of high table, I just uh, watched John Wick three the other day. Man, I can't wait for the fourth chapter of that. I really can't. I love those movies. Um, me too. <laughs> Adam, obviously not uh, not a, a full time member of the Geekiverse here, but um, if if people want to razz you online, any any social media that you want to share, or just uh, find you through the Geekiverse here. Uh, the Geekiverse would be the best bet overall. Social media and I have a very, very rough relationship. You're not alone. Yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, so I'm on uh, at, uh, Twitter at Josiah D. Leroy. You can find me there. Instagram, I'm posting stories like it's my job uh, over there as well. And I'm pretty active in the Facebook community when it comes to the Geekiverse. Uh, again, that's Facebook.com slash the Geekiverse. We've got a few things going on this weekend. Uh, this Saturday, if you are in Western New York, we are a proud media sponsor of Buffalo Maker Fair. So basically, it's a lot of science going on. It's a lot of people being passionate about what they do. And it's people showing off how they make cool things. Search Maker Fair, or you can go to our uh, Facebook to, to get more details there. But 
we will be making shirts. Uh, we'll be doing a Facebook Live, which you can catch either in person or anywhere, as long as you've got a smartphone or a computer, really. And uh, you can also pick up a shirt. You can choose from over 20 designs right now in the Geekiverse's web store, which is the geekiverse.storeenvy.com. Uh, we've got some wonderful theme pop culture shirts from video games to movies uh, to Geekiverse branded stuff. So we'd appreciate if you would go take a look there. Oh, there's something else I wanted to plug. I cannot remember. Anyway, uh, go to patreon.com slash the Geekiverse. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash the Geekiverse. For as little as $1 a month, you can subscribe uh, and then unlock exclusive rewards for each level that you do subscribe to. We'd appreciate the help there. Um, Adam, we always talk about Patreon here. It, it kind of funds uh, certain things that we do at the Geekiverse. Do you know the cliche of what Patreon actually helps? The Geekiverse do? Honestly, I do not. Jeff? It does rhyme, if that's a hint enough. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll leave it to you, Jeff. What does pa- it help us do? Patreon helps us keep the lights on. <laughs> and we don't want to be in the dark, folks. So again, we appreciate your help there. Look, fallback is almost coming up. It's going to be pitch black at 5 o'clock every day here in Buffalo soon enough. We don't need to be in the dark. That's right. Uh, we do have another event to plug. Uh, October 26th. Uh, free comic book day will be at Dave and Adams. Uh, we'll be doing live pod, uh, excuse me, live podcast. There we'll be selling and making shirts right on the spot. So come visit us. We'll be at the Clarence location in Western New York for Jeff, for Adam. And also Adam, thank you for your service. We appreciate you very much. Uh, not just from a personal level, but here at the Geekiverse for all that you do for our nation. Thanks to all the men and women out there in the armed services. We couldn't appreciate you more for, because you do what you do, and it allows us to do this more than anything like Patreon could ever even do. Oh, there's Lindy, rough the dog, <laughs> if you hear that barking in the background. So Adam, thanks for, for doing what you do and being a part of the U.S. Navy. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So again, for Jeff, for Adam, I'm Josiah, and Lindy Ruff. We'll catch you soon. <laughs>
you'll be better on your own But you should know oh, 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 That you guys said hello And now I'm skipping like a broken racket But you're tripping, tripping over your words How you listening? But you should know oh, 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 oh. 